this might be quite cool of maybe get a couple of people just to come and share um, just what you got out of last Sunday. So who wants to kind of share what they what they heard, what they received from Paul's message? You know, he talked about coming and coming with something. <laughs> this this would be the time to really encourage me right now. <laughs> so, shoom, give me the mic. I get sick of hearing. I think, all right, good man, good man. Hello, all. We know how much I love speaking on the microphone. Um, so I was blown away last week with um, what Paul was sharing and how he was speaking about um, how we come and we pray and we do the old, you know, nailed it, with a structure and, and um, how there's a structure or it's a relationship time to speak with with our Father. And, and I suppose, yeah, I, I saw how I was quite nicely fitted into the, the category of how it's a very structured prayer, and how I'd, I'd, you know, ask for this, and then pray for this, and then thank him for this, amen. And how, although that was good, and that that it was praying, it was very, you know, it was it was only that, that way. And and I, I kind of sat there, and while Paul was sharing, kind of came to the point of going, okay, I'm listening to what's being said, and. Uh, and yeah, not realizing that I can just sit and thank him and and listen to him and pray from my heart rather than from my mind. And so yeah, it's been a been a big week of of sitting and listening and praying and and really hearing what he's what he's sharing. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's funny how we sort of like we're a little bit tentative and then we come out with these nuggets, eh? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't really speak that much. <laughs> so have confidence in him and yourself to, to, to share because that's gold, man. That's gold. Thanks, man. All right, ladies. The men have stepped up. So the ladies. <laughs> yeah. All the boys are like, yeah, go on, That's right. It's our boy Josh. <laughs> Come on, ladies. Otherwise, you have to start picking people. <laughs> then it gets really awkward. Encouraged by my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was more in our group, and I'll just in our little group that we got together and um, just talking amongst each other. And one person just kind of encouraged me by um, testimony that they gave with just when they were sharing with someone they were constantly in prayer when they were talking to someone about Christ and um, it was really cool because then that encouraged me when I had a really beautiful incredible conversation with my little sister and I did the same and I'm just constantly just praying as I was speaking and um, yeah You think what I loved was was taking all the myth out of it, you know, like I thought Paul did a great job at just sort of sharing from a reality that 
you know, we can easily get caught up in, and you get caught up in principle, but no life. And so, like as, as Josh said, there's nothing wrong with with having a structure. You know, we're, we're built on structure. If you take the structure out of us, we are like jelly. So there's nothing wrong with the structure, but the life has to come from the structure. If you just stay in the structured, formulated thing, there's no life. And so we need structure. We need a framework, and uh, and God gives us that. And this is what just hit me before, and it was. And I just want to share this with you. It says, "This is in Isaiah." Then the Lord said, "Because this people draw near, near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me." So in prayer, we can do that. We can give it all that, but our hearts are somewhere else. And it says, "And their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote." That's pretty deep, you know, and that's what we can get into. And that's what I thought Paul smashed last week. I thought he really smashed that whole thing, that it's not just about, like as Josh said, this whole going through the one, two, three, done, out we go and away we go. You know, our hearts are to be connected. So then it's, doesn't, it's not about words. He hears the words that you speak because the words that come from the Spirit are spiritual words. And that's the connection, isn't it? We're speaking from the Spirit, and the Spirit's putting the words on our hearts. And then we just release that. So thanks, guys. That's cool. This is Bayer. It's the Bayer Show tonight. <laughs> Come out and uh, share with us. It's interesting. I was um, reading something the other day, just that Isaiah scripture you shared, and was talking about the, the Pharisees and uh, the one word going back to it was about uh, theatrical and actually learnt lines. And I thought, hmm, interesting, because that's the stench of uh, religion, I think, is um, learnt lines and the prayer, the structure. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a learnt thing that's quite external, you know, of, of him. Um, so just before I start, it is sort of a bit of a bio show. I actually want to invite Kirk up. <laughs> it's not planned, I promise. We're just awesome. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but you know, the the thing to me about um, abiding prayer is it's you can't learn it. Like you can't learn it externally. It's it's um, it's an abiding place. And um, the one thing about that is you, you go in your day-to-day life and, you know, God might bring someone to, to, to speak to. And if it's not an abiding, if Christ is not abiding in us, um, we're going to struggle in that moment. So it's, it's, it's not being caught off God. It's just constantly in him, remaining in him that whatever's happening and uh it's it's you know i've i've seen this grow in kirk so much and he god always puts people like businessmen or people that aren't within the church aren't believers and he's always ready he's always ready to talk uh or share about christ and minister just so freely and so i just want him to share uh just a brief testimony of that and then i'll get into it okay cool so um Growing up uh, at uh, Tower College, and in year nine, I met one of my best friends who um, 
who over the next six years, we literally did everything together, um, music-wise, so before school, during school, after school, music stuff. And he knew that I was very Christian, and I knew that he was very not. Um, and we sort of just respected that, and we were really close mates. And, and when I say respect that, I mean he really did respect me in it. Um, and I didn't know until recently the, the why behind all of that. I just did my thing and attempted a couple of times, but it, it wasn't right, and so I'm actually really glad that I didn't sort of force it. Um, because recently uh, he came back from London and I got this message. He, he, um, he messaged me and he said, can I ask you a faith-based question? And I was just sitting there and it was via Facebook. And I'm like, yep, go for it. And he goes, what makes you so sure, so sure of um, what you believe? And, um, and it's, I, I didn't really even think about it. I just responded and I said, I can accumulate knowledge and I have learned all about this and know all these Bible stories, but it wasn't until I, God showed up and I met him and begun this proper relationship that it became real. And, um, and he just messaged me back and he goes, yep, that's what I needed to hear. And I was like, cool. And then later on he starts asking me more questions via Facebook and I'm like, hey, <laughs> Facebook's not... <laughs> That's dumb. Um, how about we catch up tomorrow? And so long story short, I, knew, I just knew and I started praying from then um, into this conversation. And so I, I ended up getting all my work done on the Thursday night and cleared my morning on Friday. And, and we were just going to have a coffee and that turned into four coffees and three and a half hours. And it was the most... <laughs> it was like... Every sermon I've ever heard or spoken, it was like everything that I knew just was there ready to come out. And he was asking question after question after question. And I literally shared Genesis to Revelation, salvation, the Trinity, baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he was just hungry to know it all. And now the thing is, he's really intelligent. And... Um, and, and I'm not really that intelligent. And so, and so that, that, that puts this pressure on me because he's asking me these intelligent questions that um, are really big, really deep. And, and so like the prayer started the day before, but it continued through the whole meeting. And, and I'm serious. So this is an example. So sharing, and obviously the context is all of what I just said, and it leads up, and then and I say, and then there's the judgment, and then, the, and he goes, well, well, why is there judgment? And it wasn't just, oh, why is there judgment? It was like, you know, I knew that it was all there, and I didn't, and I didn't sort of know the right answer right then, and I go, well, the answer to that is, and then it just came out, and it was, without perfect, uh, it was perfection. Without perfection, there's no Without judgment, we can't have perfection. And I was, and and it's because I was praying, and and literally asking the Spirit to be speaking and to be, it, it was like it just fell out of my mouth. And then I was like, that was good. <laughs> that was the good answer, you know. And then he's sort of like, awesome. That's what I need to hear. And then he asks the next question, and it was like that for three and a half hours, just in and out, where it was like. It's pulling on everything that I know, 
but actually it's everything that I know and hear, and then everything that I didn't know, which was a lot, literally I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking through me. And it was just awesome to be a part of it because it was like the Holy Spirit speaking to him and I'm just there. Um, so it was, yeah, that's a cool example. Cool story, eh? And, um, <laughs> don't do that. Um, and I was, you know, I was thinking, uh, there's been times where I've gone, oh, Lord, you know, I lay this at your feet. Uh, but he just reminded me, you know, you've written this at my feet. And I think that was, that's a difference for me, you know, like it's in his, his presence, uh, that I learn anything, <laughs> really. Um, so yeah, just going with that. Um, so, a wise person said to me just the other day, they said, you know, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And it's alive in him and alive to him. And, um, you know, as believers, um, if we didn't consider ourselves dead before meeting Christ, um, then I just, I feel we would never truly know what it actually means to be alive in Christ because anything outside of him is is dead. And um, this, to me, uh, makes complete spiritual sense uh, because it's how I had I found myself was d- dead. I was dead to life. I was living, but I was just breathing, not alive. And it's not like I was uh, physically going towards death. You know, I wasn't doing anything terrible like a bad person. Um, but it's it's not about that. It's not it's not a bad person becoming good. It's it's becoming uh, completely alive, spiritually alive uh, to Him and in Him. And uh, yeah, so it, for me, it was not until I met Christ that I truly became alive. And that is what I'm forever thankful for, uh, that I'll always appreciate uh, what he did and not forget how he brought me from the grave and how he's given me life. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this because <laughs> you're probably like, okay, get to the prayer. But I'm telling you this because this is why I choose to abide in Christ. This is the very reason why, um, why I know to my core that he is the absolute substance, sustainer, the sum of my life is because I found life in him. And anything outside of him was dead. Um, and I, I understand, uh, you know, that in John 15, it's, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. So it's actually a commandment. He's actually commanding us to remain in him. And uh, Greg spoke this a, f- a few, uh, or probably a few months ago, he was talking about this. And he said, you know, it's not our, um, it's, it's not up to us to produce the fruit. It's on us to remain in him and he produces the fruit. And I thought, man, it's, uh, that sounds so simple and easy. And it, it is simple, but why is it such a battle for us to actually just remain in him? We want to produce the fruit, but we can't because it, it's, it won't be his fruit, you know? Um, so I understand why it's a commandment to abide in him because we can so easily choose to live independently from him, outside of him, externally from him, disconnected. 
thinking that we are alive, but I know that there is no life outside of him. Um, as a dead branch disconnected from the vine, and like I said, I know this to my core, and I can feel it. I actually know the difference from living outside of him to living in him. It, it's, it's such a difference, and, and it's so uh, deceiving to, to think that um, I thought I was alive because I was living and, and breathing and nothing was terrible in my life. I thought, I'm alive. But, but to truly be alive, truly be alive, it's in him. And, um, yeah, I'm just so aware of it that I'm sensitive to it. So uh, it's kind of like I know when I've left my post or I know when I've left my source of life. And so to me, this, this is what it means to remain in him. It's to continuously choose to be in him, uh, to be still in his possession, uh, to comprehend that he is the source, the sustainer, the substance, the sum of life, uh, that everything is contained in him, my confidence, my beginning, my end. Uh, being in covenant with him uh, becomes every environment. Now, I really found it hard to find words to articulate this, but and this is this is this is lacking. But I'm going to try anyway. Um, it's he is my home. He is the place I uh, go to and from every day. Um, he uh, is my teacher, and he is the classroom where I learn and I explore, finding all things pertaining to life in him. So, like I said earlier, you know. Um, it's if if I'm saying things like, "Oh Lord, you know, I lay this at your feet," it's like I've done it outside of Him, and now I'm putting it at His feet. Where my posture, if it's before Him, writing at His feet, is different, and it, it produces something different when I'm there in Him with Him. Uh, that you know, things become fruitful. Um, it's where he defines all things. He's my food, uh, the bread of life and living water, my sanctuary where I am at peace. Uh, peace, this is what peace is. It is an absolute oneness with him. It's um, when we are separated from him, there's unpeace. Uh, and joy is the same. Joy is a oneness with him. And and that's, that's what I'm learning. There is... <sighs> Everything we need as people, as uh, as children, as teachers, as parents, whatever we are, uh, everything we need is is really in Him, and it's only in the unity and the relationship, the covenant, the abiding, remaining in Him, that uh, we are we are resourced. We are uh, we live off Him. I hope it makes sense. Um, It's what I experience in him when I commune with him that keeps me choosing him. And that's the only way I could describe. uh, If if we haven't experienced his goodness, if we haven't... uh, if we haven't known the place at his feet and being one with him, it's not going to be... um, in us to want to come back to him and to remain in him because it's not, once you know you're alive, you want to be more alive, right? And and if you haven't tasted him, 
it's, you're not going to choose him. You don't know. No, you don't. Yeah. So um, I'll say that again. It's what I experience in him when I commune with him that keeps me choosing him. And I know that can sound a bit weird. It's like, are we in him? Are we with him? Are we to him? But, you know, Paul talks about that, that it's through him, in him, and to him that we've been made, that all things were made. And uh, so it's sort of, you know, along those lines. Um, And this is why the life of abiding in Christ is so important to the relation of prayer. Um, Because if we don't know who we are abiding in and how to abide in him, we are not going to know how to function. Or how to pray. Um, because it's in abiding in him is where we get our identity. It's, it's where the mysteries are revealed. It's where our purpose is found and it's where our confidence grows. Only, only in that abiding place. And I, I can't stress that enough. It's, it cannot be found anywhere else, these things. It's where we are equipped. It's where we are assigned heavenly tasks for the earth. It's where we are prepared for the future. It's where we are redeemed, restored, clothed, uh, and spoken to in the dark, the things that need to be shouted in the dark. Uh, Shouted in the light, sorry. It's where we have our feet washed, so we might do the same for others. It's where we understand where we come from and where we are going to. Um... You know, I think that's why Jesus washed his disciples' feet, part of it. And Peter was like, don't, you know, don't do that sort of thing. Um, but Jesus was like, well, you have, to, you have to let me do this. You have to experience this. Let me serve you because this is your assigned task. But we, we can't love people if we haven't experienced the love of God. We can't minister to people freely if, if we haven't experienced the free ministry of his spirit. Um, it, it, it has to be a receiving to give. And he freely wants to give. And Greg spoke about this again just, I think, two weeks ago. We need to know what's been freely given to us and to actually possess that um, because it's in his possession that we receive and possess those things. Um, if we don't know this place, how are we going to pray like this? Uh, pray things like forgive them father for they do not know what they are doing when being persecuted if we don't know this place how will we pray your will be done and I thought Clay spoke that so beautifully this morning you know about uh, Christ and his weakness but but even in that choosing to be faithful to the Lord to say your will not mine and we are not going to be able to choose that if we don't know him and his faithfulness to us, we can't be faithful people if we don't comprehend his faithfulness to us and his commitments. If we don't know this place, we aren't going to want to withdraw ourselves from others just to be with him or to get up early or praying all day and all night, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., where it's not going to be a, a want to do that if we don't know the abiding place in Christ. If we don't know this place, how can we rejoice in all circumstances and even pray for others, minister to others? Jesus prayed, I praise you, Father, I praise you, 
Lord of heaven and earth, because you have given these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. And, you know, Jesus prayed this after he heard from John the Baptist, who was, was, was in prison, wondering if Jesus was the Christ. You know? And what was the response of Christ? He's praising his Father because it's, it's an abiding he had with his Father, that he already knew the things that were going to happen. His heart was already prepared. Um, it was a continual uh, relationship going on of, of continuous prayer. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing that happen in the rock, and I'm so thankful. Um, if I think of Haley, you know, what she was sharing this morning, it's with physical circumstances can be happening around us, but this, this needs to continue. It's in the abiding place that we see with the spiritual eyes, the, the eyes of our heart, and we are not... Uh, defined, nothing is determined by the physical. John the Baptist was going to his death. That could have looked terrible. That could have been like, what is going on? You know, but there's more to it, right? And and uh, to me, this is what life is about. This is what really living in Christ is, is, is being living above these things where circumstances and Things can be really hard, but it's it's being able to rejoice in all circumstances because because He is your your sustenance, He is your sustainer, um, He is your life, and and so you enter into these things with Him, not from you know external of Him. So when we pray, it's not like, oh, Lord, will you come into the situation? It's like, no, I'm in the situation, which means you're in the situation, which means through our unity, you are going to minister through me. And I was reading in Corinthians about Paul and the marks of ministry. If we all want to be in ministry, I would love to read the marks of ministry, and we can see if we still want to be, you know, in ministry. Um, And, you know, this is Paul talking, and he's saying... Um, in stripes, in imprisonments, in uh, tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, um, on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, and so he's describing the, the difference, you know, um, as unknown, yet well-known, okay, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened, yet not ki- uh, killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. To me, this is the the absolute uh, tension of life in Christ is, um, on one hand, things can be happening uh, that are sorrowful, that are heartbreaking, that are challenging. Yet on the other hand, he can say, I am rich. I possess all things. I am uh, rejoicing in all things. Um, I, how? How? That make, Paul, how? You know? But it makes absolute spiritual sense because I understand it because Christ, in life in him, we have all things. Uh, this life in the physical, you know, things are, are declining and dying, and, and, and that's it, you know. But it's it's living in both tensions, knowing what we have. Um, 
Um, in Hebrews, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. You know, abiding prayer is when communing with the Lord, praying from him in the Spirit to him. It's con- I know that can sound confusing, but but it's because when we're swallowed up in him, it makes <laughs> perfect sense. There's affection in our prayer. There's confidence. There's deep understanding and mutual love. There's grace. There's submis- uh, submission. There's direction. And there's clarity in our prayers because we know We've spent time with him that we know with such clarity what he is doing, what he is saying, who he is. We know the directions of our lives. We know where we've come from and we know where we're going to, right? We, we, there is submission. It's, it's so easy to submit to the Lord when you actually know that he knows better than you. And, and that's humility. That's humility. And that's why I say I, 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 I was dead. I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. And I, I don't know anything in my flesh. I know nothing. He knows everything. And I've, I've, I've got the Lord who knows the answers to all things, right? And so that submission is so easy and so freeing because I know I'm in the presence of the one who knows all things, who is powerful and sovereign, knows beginning to end. He is my beginning. He is my end. So he knows my life. He knows my heart, and I can pray in that, right? <laughs> Then Jesus looked up and said, "I'm just, I'm just giving uh, scriptures uh, of when, you know, when Christ prayed. And one of them was, Father, thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Can we hear the confidence? Can we hear the affection? Can we hear the dependence on the Father? It's like." You hear me, and I know you've always heard me. And that's the same for us. We need to know, you know, through abiding prayer, through knowing him, through the abiding place, we know we are always heard, and he hears us. Praying for others in him is such an incredible thing to feel his heart for another and to have a glimpse of how he sees them, what his hopes are for them, the wisdom for the situation or the food for thought. It's his truth ministered in his way that will bring his life. So the abiding place, the abiding prayer, actually ministers his truth. And it's not just his truth. And I I feel we really need to hear this as a people at the rock. Truth is important. But if it's not ministered in his way, it's not going to bring his life. So it's, um, it's, it's him ministering to us. And, and through us that it would minister his truth in his way, which would be done in grace, would be done in love, would be done in power, would be done with clarity, with direction. It is absolutely him. And it will birth his life, not, not uh, my idea of what you should be doing or my standard of what life you should be living to, but perfectly his. Because it's him praying and him ministering. In Christ, we have an endless life, but also a quality of life that starts the day we die and when he makes us alive in him and to him. 
And this to me is absolutely the quality of life in Christ. The quality of life is Christ. Nothing will satisfy us like Christ can. Nothing can sustain us like him. Nothing can fill us overflowing like Christ. We cannot experience eternal peace outside of him. And we cannot know pure joy outside of Christ. And and I say this, and I, I know this, this can sound uh, strange, but we, we cannot know true love, and we cannot love people outside of Christ. And if we're not alive to him, if we haven't experienced his love, we cannot truly love one another, even our children. Um, yeah, To be made alive in him and to him. And this, to me, is what it is to um, pray in the abiding place. Cool. I think we have some questions, but I'll just pass on to Greg. Wow. Um, you know, it's funny. This morning I was with the kids, and we were talking about ask, seek, and knock. And ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. And I'm not sure if you have a reference point for what you just heard. Um, so there was a the, Mel has just declared an absolute truth in him, and it's a reference point for him that she has found because he is operating within her. Um, and if we haven't then I believe the Holy Spirit would say to you tonight, are you going to ask, are you going to seek, and are you going to knock for the reference point you just heard declared so you can start living from it? Um, Paul said, the words that I speak that have been freely given to me are not words taught to me by human wisdom. They are taught to me by the Spirit and thoughts of the Spirit, words of the Spirit. And what you heard tonight were words taught from the Spirit. So we have to be able to hear the words taught by the Spirit to understand what was said. Hence, I really would encourage us all, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. It's a promise. Knock and the door will be open. Come on in and partake of me. Um, I would strongly urge you again, we've recorded that, to listen to that over and over and over because that is where life is found, in that place. Um, and I just want to read this one scripture and we get into the groups because the key is, this is when Jesus said, you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain, fruit of the Spirit, so that... Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So the more we're abiding in and the fruit of the Spirit is abiding, you're asking from him, and I'll give you that. If we're asking from not that place, it's probably a good reason why we're not seeing things move and operate in our lives because it's, we're probably asking from us. So as the fruit remains because you're abiding and it's producing much fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the intimacy, which is him, now you're asking, ah, look, things are happening. And I believe too much of our prayers are from our own will and not from his perspective. Hence, we struggle to see things happening. We wonder why. Um, so well done. 
The articulation of that was beautiful.